0: Get your notes out we'll talk about the stages of faith. You've heard me uh, before uh, talk about these in different manners, in, in a different manner. I've told you the story that when I decided to start a church... I was trying to learn stuff about starting churches and what that meant. And there was a pastor at the time, still there in California, named Rick Warren at Saddleback Church. He had started Saddleback, and it was really explosive. And, and so I went out to a conference. Actually, I went to a conference in Atlanta that he was speaking at. And I wanted to talk with him personally. And and so I followed him to the bathroom and, and captured him in the bathroom. And I captured him in the bathroom, and, and we ended up getting to, to talk for a while. And what I'm about to, to teach today is what he walked me through. And I've learned so many times that when you're pursuing a new dream, um, God is going to take you through some stages in growing your faith. Before he ever gets you to really the answer that you are trying to get to. And they're so important. So I, I want you to learn them because I do believe that there are a lot of you in, in some area of your life that God's been knocking on the door a little bit in your heart, want to grow your faith in how you live or how you give, how you go about your life, maybe in, in jobs, whatever it is, okay? So we're gonna walk through these today and I think you'll learn some things that'll, uh, that'll probably stretch you. Okay? When God wants to work, when God wants to work in your life, He always gives you a dream. That's stage one. Okay? Stage one is dream. When God wants to work in your life, He always gives you a dream. And there are a lot of examples in the Bible of this. You know, God gave Noah the dream of building an ark. God gave Abraham the dream of being the father of a great nation. He gave Joseph the dream of being a leader who would save his people. God gave Nehemiah the dream of building the wall around Jerusalem. God is all about giving you a dream. Jason, a few weeks ago, talked about this. That you're never too old to dream a new dream. That God is, if you're still breathing on the planet, God is is going to give you some dream to pursue, to follow, to do with your life. And so, that dream, if it's from God, will always require faith. A dream from God will always require faith. That one of my favorite faith passages in the Bible there at the top of your notes Jesus says, according to your faith, it will be done to you. And then Mark 9, Jesus says, everything is possible for the person who has faith. A dream. A dream is God's picture of what he wants to do with your life. I want you to write that down because this is good to get. A dream is God's picture. Of what he wants to do with my life. That will help you to put into a framework better. For you to understand. A dream is God's picture of what he wants to do with your life. And if a dream comes from God. It is going to be so big in your life. That it's going to require you to have faith. Okay, Whatever that. That dream is that God is, is beginning to twinge in your heart, place in your mind a few times. It is going to be something for you that is, that is bigger than what you can really imagine. A change that is bigger than what you really want to stomach. It is going to require that you have faith. Some measure of faith. When was the last time you You tried anything in your life that required God. When is the last time that you did anything in your life that required you to have faith how How well you know God is revealed by how big your faith is and so your answer to that last question really answers this one: How well you know God is revealed by how big your faith is. If you can't remember the last time you attempted anything, tried anything that required faith in God, that's been too long, hasn't it? If you can't remember it. It is really something that, that you've got to say, okay, my my faith needs to be strengthened because, as you've heard me say hundreds of times, faith is like a muscle. It develops. It is either going to be weak or it's going to be strong. It has to be, though, developed And whether your faith is weak or strong depends on how much you use it. So in this stage of of faith, in the dream stage of faith, God is going to use that from that point on as an opportunity to build your faith. And he uses a very predictable process, a very predictable pattern. And if you know this pattern or this process, you can use it to your advantage. Most people, though, do not know this pattern or this process, so, so they fall victim to it instead of using it to their advantage. You'll see as we walk through it where you can fall victim to the process of, of, of strengthening your faith. You know how we are. We want a dream. We have a dream. We want to accomplish it Tomorrow. And anything that gets in the way of of having a dream, accomplishing it tomorrow, it, it will cause us most of the time just to stop, just to get to a standstill. Usually what we do when we start dreaming and it doesn't happen tomorrow like we think it ought to, we immediately start asking, why God? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? I don't understand it. I don't like it. You gave me this dream. I want it to be accomplished now. Why, why the holdup? Why is this happening to me? And you miss that God is going to use this as an opportunity to build your character as he builds your faith. When you start asking why questions, by the way, when you start asking why questions you find real quickly that your faith goes empty. Okay. When you start asking why questions, your faith will go empty. Now, I'm not somebody who says, okay, you should never ask a why question. I'm just telling you it does not have a good result, okay? And and this process is all about strengthening your faith, not weakening your faith. So when your focus is between the dream and it actually coming to fruition, when your focus becomes why all along the way, you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're focusing on the circumstance and not the person of God that has put this into your heart and mind. Okay? So, a dream. God always starts with that. He gives you some idea, some vision, some goal, some ambition. So that you can set your sights on that target. It may be something in your career. God gives you this goal, this idea, this vision, this ambition. And you set your sights on that target. Now, He he is always, when He wants to, when God wants to work in your life, He's always going to give you a dream. He is always going to give you a dream about yourself, about what he wants you to do. Let me think for a minute before we move on. Think for a minute. Think of a dream that you have right now. Just think about it. Think about a dream that you have right now that has been something maybe it's been on the back burner. You've Never really pulled the trigger. Ephesians 3.20 in your notes. The Bible says, God is able to do. Circle that. Never forget that. God is able to do. Remember, that dream that you have, you've got to remember, God is able to do. Far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. Stage one is the dream. But then... There's stage two. With every dream, there has to be a decision. There has to be a decision. Nothing is going to happen to that dream until you wake up and put, put it into action. You've got to make it work. You've got to make the decision. You've got to make the decision. I am going to go for it. A lot of people have dreams, but they never get to stage two. They never make the decision to go for it. They just stop. They, they don't hold on to believing in what God has led them or what God has planted in them. They just stop. James 1, uh, verses 6 and 8 really speak to this. In James, he says, you must believe and not doubt. A double-minded, verse 8 says, a double-minded man is unstable in all he does. What's a double-minded man? One who believes and then doubts. Believes and doubts. Believes and doubts. Constantly hung up between believing and doubting. Believing and doubting. That's what a person does who dreams but never decides. Dreams but never decides. They believe enough to dream, but they never do anything with their dream. See faith is a is a verb it's action it requires you to act on it it is something you do so decision making is a faith building activity there's two things you've got to decide i put them there in your notes two things you've got to do you must invest number 1 is this you must invest you must invest it's a decision to invest Time, energy, reputation, money, whatever it is, okay? But you've got to decide, all right, this dream is going to cause me to invest something in it. So I've got to invest my time. I've got to invest energy. I've got to invest money. And maybe even it's going to invest reputation, something. Secondly, you must let go of security. Security. Secondly is this. You must let go of security. Make a decision to invest and then let go of security. Now, hear this. You cannot. You cannot move in faith and hold on to the past at the same time. Cannot do that. You cannot move ahead pursuing this dream but holding on to the past at the same time. There is a point if God is leading you down a road to do something, you have got to let go of security. A reference earlier in the Bible, Abraham. God told Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. And when God tells him, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation... Abraham had to leave his home for an unknown destination. Abraham had to leave his home not knowing where the next destination was that he was headed. Okay? He he didn't know that. That's why he had to let go. Moses. Moses had to let go of the probability of him moving into the Pharaoh's position when he died. He let go of that in order to do God's will. Nehemiah, my favorite leaders in the Bible, Nehemiah gave up a secure job in order to go build a wall around Jerusalem. You see, there was, there was a point where you have to make a decision if God has given you a dream... That is going to require you, all right, I'm letting go of what I know, pursuing what my hope is. And, and I want to remind you of something. Earlier in Ephesians 3.20, I had you underline it. God is able to do. You cannot forget that. You let go, okay, and you begin to take direction from God. This is where your dream, and you know if you've, you've ever had a dream of maybe of, a, of, of pursuing something different and unique with your life, maybe changing a job, you know there's a point in that dream where, where you're holding it so tightly. And then when you start pursuing it, you have to let it go. And that's the scary part, isn't it? Because you're letting go of security. That point of letting go, okay, that point of letting go is, is a point where you're saying, God, I'm going to take direction from you now. I'm going to take direction from you. But we get caught up. We get caught up because up until this point with that dream, you have given God direction sometime. You know, give God directions. Say, like, God, no, I don't want you to do it like this. I want you to do it like this, okay? But when you let go, you've got to start taking direction from God. I, I told you last week when I was, uh, I spent about uh, a couple weeks in uh, in Arizona, and uh I went to the mall uh, a few different times. There's great people watching, and in, in, especially in the Phoenix area. It's a big city and lots of weird people. And so I, I, the mall, I'm going to the mall, and it's, it's in the morning. It's, uh, it's uh, like 10, 10.30. Mall entrance there there's Scottsdale, it's a large mall, but the mall entrance, it's probably about as wide as this part of the stage, okay? No, there's really not many people there at all. Okay, I'm the only person walking into the mall at this time, and there's a guy walking right toward me. Okay, he is walking right toward me, and he catches my attention. He catches my attention because he, it's hot, by the way. Remember, it's in the 90s, and so it's hot. He has on shorts. He is he is hung up in 1978. Okay. Uh, if you're hung up in 1978, more power to you. Okay, but he's got long hair, and he is he is oh he's he's super tall. He's like seven feet tall. Okay, I know you're thinking Mark, everybody's tall to you, but I'm telling you this guy's tall. He's super skinny, and and he, he catches my attention because he's super tall. He's super skinny, and he's he's got long hair, and is he's my age, maybe a little older, and his shorts. It, 1978, I promise you. I mean, they're like right to here, okay? All right? And so it, 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 I kind of get amused by him. We get about as far. We're walking right toward each other. Now, there's a whole area, entrance, small entrance. We get about as far as probably from here to the third row, okay, from each other. And he looks at me. And, and as he looks at me. <laughs> and... And I'm, you know, kind of, uh, kind of catches my attention. He, and and I, I stop and look, and he keeps walking right toward me. <laughs> and so you know what I did? I just go right over, you know. <laughs> and I, yeah, how ridiculous he looks. When we start trying to give God directions for with our lives, we look pretty ridiculous, you know. We do. So in your dream, as you're pursuing it and you're making decisions, you've got to remember, let go, let go of, of giving God direction, let go of the security, saying, "God, I am pursuing you." But know this, y'all, know this: When you make that decision to pursue that dream, there is going to be a delay. Stage three is a delay. There's going to be a delay. God's not going to fulfill your dream immediately. God has not promised. He has not promised to give you the dream today and fulfill it tomorrow. You can always count on a time lapse. There is always a delay. There is always a waiting period. Habakkuk 2.3 in the Old Testament, the Bible says, but these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, Steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. Here in stage three, you start asking the when question. When? Come on. God, when? When are you going to answer my prayer? When are you going to do what I think you should do? You start asking the when And you're in a delay because God wants to work on you before he works on your project. God wants to work on you before he works on your dream. So God has you waiting. Noah, I mentioned him earlier, he waited 120 years from the time he started building the ark until it began to rain, 120 years. Abraham was told he'd be the father of a great nation. He didn't have a child until he was 99 years old. Jesus, even Jesus came to be the Messiah after he waited 30 years in the carpenter shop. Why do we wait? Why, if God gives you a dream and you make a decision to move forward, why would You wait. It teaches us to trust God. That's why. It simply teaches us to trust God. We learn that His timing is perfect. You see, God's delays never destroy God's purpose. God's delays never destroy His purpose. A delay is not a denial because there is a big difference between no and not yet. Common reaction to this stage is for you automatically to think, maybe I missed God's dream for me. it isn't working out. I'm having to wait a lot. Maybe I have just missed it totally. But how you handle the waiting rooms of life say a lot about you and it says a lot about your faith. So the waiting rooms in life are a part of life. Know that, especially if you've got a dream you're beginning to pursue. And while you're waiting, you're not waiting doing nothing. No. Stage, stage four, you're going to have difficulty. Okay? Right? You will have difficulty. You not only get to wait, but you get to have problems while you're waiting. They're called circumstances and critics. You're going to have circumstances and critics that are going to give you all kinds of difficulty. Let's go back, let's think about Moses for a second. I I, I did a message about Moses earlier this year. He had all kinds of difficulty. He led the children of Israel out of Egypt into the desert to the promised land, and he had one problem after another. There was no water, there was no food. A bunch of people were bit by snakes, and then, then all the people start really complaining. They were doing what God wanted them to do. This is why I want you to hear that. They were doing what God wanted them to do, but they still had difficulty. Imagine the difficulties Noah must have had. He is trying to to construct basically a floating zoo, okay? He is trying to construct a floating zoo. He is having to tell people when they're coming by, asking him, what are you doing? Well, I'm building an ark. Well, what's an ark? It's like a big boat. Well, what's a boat? It's, it's so it will, it, when it when it floods, it'll be able to float. Well, what's a flood? Well, when it rains too much. Well, what's rain? Because they had never seen it rain. They'll get that. Back when, back when Noah built the ark, the, the, the earth, it had been watered from mist from the ground up, up until that time. It had never rained before. So he is, he is dealing with all manner of, of difficulty. Hear me. When God gives you a dream, and you make the decision... You're going to have difficulty. You're going to, to be waiting around. Let's go back to Moses for a second. The Bible says that when, when Moses died, Joshua was, Joshua was then appointed the leader to take them into the promised land. Joshua leads them into the promised land. That's the easy part. Well, right after Joshua leads them into the promised land, the next verse in the Bible says... Now there were giants in the land. Hmm. Even in the promised land there are problems. Some of you are struggling so much because you've been pursuing a dream and you have the one problem after another. Yes. It's biblical. Okay? You will have difficulty because God is always working on your character. Why does he allow this? In 1 Peter 1, the Bible says in verse 6, At the present, you may be temporarily harassed by all kinds of trials. This is no accident. It happens to prove your faith, which is infinitely more valuable than gold. Finally, the difficulties become so bad. You have come to your limit. You have tried everything. You have exhausted all options. You are at stage five, dead end. You are at a dead end. The situation goes from difficult to impossible. Even Paul, the Apostle Paul, went through dead ends. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, at one of those times, he says, At that time, Paul writes, we were completely overwhelmed. Been there, done that, huh? Completely overwhelmed. The burden was more than we could bear. In fact, we told ourselves that this was the end. Yet we now believe that we had this sense of impending disaster so that we might learn to trust, not in ourselves, but in God Who can raise the dead? The point is here is this God can change your situation. God can change your situation. Wherever you are along your dream right now, God can change your situation. Some of you need to hear that today. I mean, just personalize that. God can change my situation. And we want to say that together. God can change my situation. Because dead ends are biblical. The, your problem may have grown to the place where it looks like there is no tomorrow. You need to know that God often lets problems become impossibilities. He often allows that to happen. And in this stage, you begin to ask, God, what is going on? I have totally missed this. The best example in the Bible of this is is when Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. They had been enslaved for hundreds of years. Pharaoh says, let them go and then get them out of here. And then one day later, Pharaoh changes his mind and starts coming after them. And you remember this, this Bible story. They, they're at the Red Sea. Mountains on each side of them and an enemy that wants to kill them in hot pursuit behind them. Now think about that. The Red Sea is in front of them. Mountains on both sides. And the enemy that wants to kill them right behind them. There is no way they are going to get out. They are in God's cul-de-sac, if you will, okay? They are at a dead end. There's no doubt that there are some in that crowd with Moses that complained that they should have stayed. We should have stayed in Egypt as slaves rather than die here at the Red Sea. That's because some people prefer bondage rather than risk. And see, you might be right there today. God has put a dream in your mind or your heart for a long time, but you have stayed put where you are, although it is not the best part of God's will for your life. And you have grown used to it to the point where you prefer being in bondage, being enslaved rather than taking a risk. You see, God, God's people there with Moses, they're at a place where they're locked in on every side and the Red Sea is right in front of them in the Bible it's interesting. That place where they were hemmed in was called called savan baal Baelsavan means simply this, God's hidden treasure. God's hidden treasure. See, they were they were exactly where God wanted them to be. If you're at a dead end today, You're exactly where God wants you to be. You're at the place of God's hidden treasure. He knows where you are. He puts you in that dead end for a purpose. What does He do for Moses? He parts the Red Sea. You see, dead ends can be a part of God's plan for you as you're pursuing your dream if you understand what your response to that dead end is and your response is stage six there's got to be deliverance and deliverance is this I want you to write this down deliverance is when you expect God to work you expect God to work God, you gave me this dream in the first place. I'm expecting you to deliver me from this. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, He has delivered and will deliver us again. Look at what David says in Psalms. I am expecting the Lord to rescue me again, so that once again I'll see His goodness. That's what Moses saw as they're hemmed in in God's cul-de-sac. It was God's hidden treasure... Because God split the Red Sea. You see, God comes in and delivers. God does a miracle. In Abraham's case, Sarah miraculously gets pregnant when he's 99 years old. Jesus, on the cross, he's resurrected. That's what I want you to see. God loves to turn crucifixions into resurrections. He loves to do that in your life. He he loves to turn dead ends into deliverances. You just expect Him to work. You, You allow Him to work. You've got to let go today of something. To move on. Let go of security. You've got to make the decision to make the investment, to do what it costs. So, what's the dream? What's the dream you're putting on hold? What dream have you been putting on hold for some time? You just stopped. stop thinking about it. stop pursuing it. A study was done. Fifty people. Over the age of 95, 50 people over the age of 95 were asked one question. They were asked, if you could live your life over again, what would you do differently? Here are their top three responses. If I had to do it over again, I would risk more. Secondly, if I had to do it over again, I would reflect more. Thirdly, if I had to do it over again, I would do more things that would live on after I die. All that. All of those answers involve letting go of security, don't they? Taking risk. Wayne Gretzky, great hockey player. He, he holds over 60 National Hockey League records. I love one of his quotes. He says, you miss 100% of the shots that you never take. You will miss every shot you never take. You miss 100% of the shots you never take. What is it that God's put right before you, planted in your mind? You need to say, God, I'm going to start taking some steps. I know there's going to be delays. I know there's going to be difficulties. I know there's going to be dead ends. But I'm expecting you, God, to build me through this process. Let's pray together, okay? You know, for some of you, you're in the middle of this and you know It's real. You just need to be reminded today. For others of you, you're at the beginning, and you you just need to have some faith, some courage. Father, I pray that um, you'll use what what we've learned today to strengthen us. And that we, as a result, will be a blessing to other people and to you. Thanks, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.